Hello. Hi, Zoe. Hello, Isma. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Um, okay, so we'll jump straight in. I'll be honest, I have yeah. wanted to um have make a call with you for a while now because I know really? that you're yeah but I just didn't know how to kind of ask because some uh, it's kind of an organic oh. process which but <laughs> you you took the reins and you contacted me which was um thank you for doing so because that means you the boss <laughs> so, oh, okay <laughs> I'll take that <laughs> <laughs> but um but um yeah so I just wanted to um well where does it all begin it's your story your experiences your story so yeah the floor's yours cool well I couldn't help but approach you because like you're doing something so amazing and um you know I feel like it's a pleasure to be a part of it um, so yeah so so thank you for providing that opportunity for us all no, it's okay um so my story where does it begin <laughs> <laughs> um so I must have been about 14 or 15 when I first started experiencing severe lows okay um, and I literally like must have cried for a solid week, literally just did nothing but cry. And I didn't really think that much of it until I started feeling a bit suicidal. And then I was like, OK, this isn't right. Something's not right here. And I remember speaking to one of my school friends about it and she sort of suggested to speak to a school counsellor. OK. I was like, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I thought, well, what else do I do like I didn't feel like I could approach my parents at the time um I like I was just a typical teenager in the sense that I didn't have the greatest relationship with my parents when I was younger um and I just felt quite alone and I just thought well I need to talk to somebody so I guess the school counsellor is the right person to speak to yeah um so it kind of started from there really um but it wasn't until I was a bit older I'd say about 23 maybe um that I realized that something really wasn't right and I I needed some serious help um I was at Ooh. university at the time sorry what were yeah. you gonna say no no I was gonna ask you to go continue sorry carry okay. on yeah <laughs> um yeah so I was at university at the time um and then I was just really, really struggling. Like, I just found it really difficult. Like, I was doing a postgrad, and it was just mentally really challenging. Like, it really, like, challenged a lot of my principles and, like, my views I'd had pretty much all my life. Um, It was a really interesting course, but I just don't think I was as ready for it as I would have liked to be. Or maybe it's what helped shape me into the person that I am today. I don't really know. But... um, basically I was really struggling and I just spent like a lot of like I moved back to my parents home and then I just spent a lot of time in my room okay and I literally just wouldn't leave my room um I'd sneak out of my room at night to eat um but apart from that like I wasn't leaving my room and I wasn't really doing very much apart from watching films at the time which I was it that was literally the only thing I could manage to do watch films okay um but I just felt like I was getting into a downward spiral and I kept imagining things were in my room as well um like other beings which probably okay. sounds really crazy but no no, no yeah you know that yeah. that's what the situation was at the end of the day yeah um so it was all a bit a bit mad I suppose 
so I um remember making a doctor's appointment because I didn't I really didn't know what to do I just thought this is this is a pattern that I've seen before in my life like I've been depressed quite a few times like even when I was doing my undergrad like I'd been depressed quite a few times but I'd masked it with like illicit substances so okay I wasn't really um addressing my issues head on I sort of just like just kind of swept it all under the rug and just like was having a lot of fun but then when I wasn't having fun I was like really super sad um but anyway fast forward to 23 year old me and I went to the doctors but I really really struggled to articulate myself and I knew that I would so I wrote a list of things um that I was experiencing and feeling and having seen and heard and that kind of thing um and I shared it with the doctor and um I just started crying while she was reading it I'm not quite sure why I was crying yeah I just felt well I just felt really tearful and quite upset and then um she was actually really supportive she was a good doctor actually she um sort of suggested that um she'd see me like once a week um she referred me on to counselling but she also said that she'd see me in the meantime um once a week up until my counselling started okay so I thought that was like that was really useful to have that sort of um ability to reach out to somebody um and I I just found that quite helpful really um then I started the counselling process and that's when I sort of started realizing like even though I'd done it before several several years ago I started realizing that like certain patterns and like sort of um certain things that happened to me that didn't seem like a coincidence anymore and just seemed like they were quite regular and I just thought okay um it's it's not really right to have ups and downs all the time. Like, I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm in my early 20s. Yeah. So I just thought I should probably, you know, speak to the counsellor about this. And I mentioned it to her and she sort of said, okay, well, I'm going to refer you back to the GP. Okay. So she referred me back to the GP and then um, the GP, initially the GP sort of said, oh, no, no, nothing nothing's going on here you don't have anything to worry about blah 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 but I it just didn't sit right with me yeah so I requested to see another GP and okay. then this GP essentially um referred me on to um the outpatients appointment an outpatients appointment um at Wellowing at the time it's closed now but yeah um when Bedford Hospital had Wellowing and yeah um I just remember feeling really overwhelmed and thinking, "Oh my god!" Like I'm going to Wellers. Like what the hell? <laughs> like oh, so did, did did you go to stay for a period of time, or did you go to be assessed at Wellers? On that time, I was literally yeah. just there as an outpatient. So oh, okay, I yeah. Like I, I I did end up going into Wellowing, like on the acute ward, like a few years later. But, okay. Um, but at that point, I I only went in as an outpatient. Okay. Um, but I was still really like, like the the stigma that's attached to like mental health wards and mental health um, departments, yeah. like it can make it really difficult 
for people to sort of or for me at least to actually want to get help like it took me a long time to sort of accept it and think no this is the right thing to do and I should go and blah 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 yeah so I went along and then I must have just been talking it felt like I was only talking for half an hour maybe I was talking for a bit longer possibly an hour I'm not sure um and the guy sort of decided like he asked me hella questions like literally so many questions about like my childhood about like my uni years um about like my current experiences or my current experiences then at least yeah and um yeah he then told me that I had bipolar and I was like what (laughs) like Uh, I've only just started speaking to you and he was like no no no. it sounds as though you have bipolar so I was like okay yeah and I just found that label really difficult to digest like I've really really struggled with it and yeah um my parents were actually went away like a couple of days after my diagnosis and I just like sort of freaked out like had this argument with my uncle yeah and my brother was really really supportive bless him even though he's a lot younger than me but like he was really understanding and just knew what to do and yeah was just there for me and he always is there for me to be fair which I'm really lucky and grateful for um but yeah so um so what why why did you freak out from the label is it because it's a label because of the stigma attached to it or did you not know anything I think so I just felt like I I'd been thrown into the deep end but not really knowing what was going on like I was Uh, I was given this label and prescribed some medication which I refused to take initially Um, yeah but like I just felt like I didn't really understand the label um yeah I didn't really understand if it was true I was quite skeptical of it and I just felt like no this can't be not me kind of thing yeah yeah so I just I just felt generally quite overwhelmed and I remember like this is gonna sound crazy but I remember like jumping out of my window and jumping over the fence I don't even know how I jumped over the fence because I swear to god I I would not be able to jump over the fence. <laughs> if anybody asked me to I'd be like mm, <laughs> I must have jumped over the fence now and I took some stuff with me because I was like right I've had enough of my family they don't understand can't be bothered with them um and um just like took a backpack of things yeah and just thought I don't I I didn't really have a plan but I just thought maybe I'll get a hotel or I'll you know I'll do what I need to do to survive basically but I just felt really like they didn't understand like I had quite a severe argument with my uncle okay um and it just it it was just a bit like not pleasant basically so and I was in a bit of a state and I just received that diagnosis um so I just it all just came on top of me a little bit and I just couldn't really handle it. Okay, and what um did that kind of um did did that settle after a while or well um like after that like like my mum my mum was very, very, very supportive. She was really supportive. Yeah. So um so that was really helpful. Um and then 
I still couldn't really get my head around it and I wasn't entirely sure if I did have bipolar or if it had just been like basically stuck on me that I had it yeah just because of a few things I said yeah like I was just really skeptical about it even though like I knew that I had mood swings and I'd had mood swings like since I was a teenager at least but I just thought "Mm, no probably not that's not me um, okay but then and did you sorry go on. no no it's cool you go I was, I was just gonna say did you do your research then um into what bipolar was yeah I did I did a little bit of research here and there okay. um and I thought okay yeah this does sound like this could be me yeah but I, I think a huge part of me didn't want to accept it uh, okay so I was kind of like running away from it a bit um and I just thought this sounds really final and for me, it felt a bit apocalyptic. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. Like, what yeah. am I going to do? Like, I can't deal with this. So I just sort of pushed it away from me for a long time. And then um, I finally started taking my medication, like, I think it was about a year after I was diagnosed. Um, <clears throat> and then, but I wasn't very good at taking it because I just didn't really understand the whole process of medication and like how important it is and how serious it is and how it can affect you in different ways and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So um, I sort of um, stopped taking my medication at one point and just ended up really, really low in despair, um, quite suicidal, um, just not in a great place. And I was just massively stressed from work um was in a relationship which wasn't ideal let's just say okay um so everything just felt like it was getting on top of me a little bit again so um so it sort of led to a low episode um and then I remember going to A&E because I felt so suicidal yeah and um you know they did the whole procedural thing of like take like sending me to a crisis team and doing that assessment with the crisis team and all of that I, I mean I don't know if it's like that throughout the whole of the UK but that's what it's been like in my experience in Bedford okay um, um they did that and then I mean I had to wait for hours in A&E absolute hours um which is ironic that it's called the crisis team really because they don't really react with a lot of urgency sometimes like I understand they have a lot going on and yeah like they've got a like a lot of people that are needing that help but it's just a shame because I feel like it might be like slightly I'm not sure if it's underfunded or understaffed or what but like I do feel like sometimes there's a lack of urgency at times but that's a whole different story okay. um so yeah so um I'm I have to say the crisis team have been massively helpful throughout my experiences of lows and highs so that's not me cussing them out like oh no no it's good what you say is relevant yeah no no it's fine fine. like no but honestly they genuinely have really helped me out like I probably wouldn't be here like if it wasn't for their help like alongside my family and friends but like yeah they have been incredible so it's just a shame that it's not 100% like it could be I suppose but anyway yeah um (laughs) sorry digressing no 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 no, it's very very good it's very relevant point so yeah um yeah so then um I basically ended up being hospitalized and that was in Wellowing 
and that was on the acute assessment ward so um I was there for a few days and um they sort of confirmed my bipolar diagnosis and that was the first point that I thought okay I must have bipolar then yeah like it must be true like if if I've been in this hospital for a few days and they've been watching me and um you know kind of assessing me on a daily basis yeah then it's it's a bit more convincing than just having one um appointment with a psychiatrist and then them telling you that you have bipolar yeah so I sort of thought okay and then I made sure that I took my medication for a good maybe three years three maybe four about three and a half years I was like on point with taking my medication like every day religiously didn't miss it um like took it at a set time blah 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 yeah and my life was quite stable for that duration of time like obviously I had you know ups and downs as as you would like but my life was generally quite stable okay and then out of nowhere I decided that I didn't have bipolar okay and I sort of decided that I was really well and I didn't need medication anymore yeah and that I basically didn't have any any issues all of the stuff that had happened before just happened but now I was okay and I stopped taking the medication and that was probably one of the worst decisions I made um, for my mental health um and do you remember what medication you were on sorry you were taking at the time I was on Depakote or Valproate okay sertraline I think okay a mood stabilizer or a anticonvulsant yeah an antidepressant um and it it was a really good combination for me like it worked really really well for you know those number of years that I took them okay um and then I sort of stopped taking them and I felt fine was doing some recce recce things which I'm not going to mention because they're embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) AI but um yeah like um I felt I thought I was good obviously I was like manic or hypomanic at the time maybe um but I didn't realize this I just thought I was living my best life like I was I was good like just had no worries yeah and then out of nowhere um like something must have happened at work or something I can't really remember what exactly but um out of nowhere like I just got really really depressed like probably one of the most depressed episodes I've had um and it was just really like I've never ever felt that low in my life um yeah like I felt very very suicidal and I was making like really serious plans and um but I was somehow like managing to overcome them if that's the right word to use like yeah or like somehow blocking them out most of the time but like um 
I just sort of got on with things um, to an extent. Although saying that, I was actually off work for about two months. Um, I just felt like I just couldn't deal with work. Like I was working with um, children in a residential home at the time. And um, I just felt like I can't support myself. So there's no way I can support other people. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, So I um, stopped working and I was literally just at home doing absolutely F all all day long. Um, Yeah. And I wasn't getting any better. And then um, basically, to cut a sort of long story short, um, my sister and I had a bit of an altercation. Okay. And, um, you know, just normal sister thing, like having yeah. an argument, but it gets, you know, a little bit blown out of proportion. And. Yeah. For me, it was like, right, this is it. Like, I'm either going to kill her or I'm going to kill myself. Like, because I felt so guilty for the argument, I just thought, like, right now, like, I can't be at home because if I stay at home, I'm going to do something I will regret. So I remember just, like, dusting out and I just, like, sped off in my car like a lunatic and was just driving around Bedford for a little while um which is probably wasn't the right or safe thing to do at the time but that's what I did and then um everybody was calling me but I just couldn't I I couldn't bear to speak to them and then I remember my aunt called me and I just thought I can't really ignore my aunt because she wasn't there when this happened so it's not really like it wouldn't be fair for me to not pick up the phone. So I answered the phone and she was sort of like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm on the embankment or wherever I was. And then she was like, okay, well, it's really late, Esmet. Like, you should probably come go back home. And I was like, I don't want to go back home. Like, I don't feel safe going back home. And then um, she said, okay, we'll come to mine then. Okay. So... I went to her, stayed the night, and in the morning, coincidentally, I received a phone call from my employment support worker at the time, um, and she had gotten me a an outpatient appointment with a psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, like an emergency one, because I hadn't been well f- for quite a while, had been off work, wasn't doing very well, and I must have turned up to the appointment in my pyjamas, okay like I just didn't feel a type of way like I just I didn't care like I just wasn't really thinking or anything like that I just turned up in my pajamas and um and anyone that knows me knows that 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 is quite like that's quite a sign like yeah I'm not really the type of person like don't get me wrong I might go to the local shop in my pjs or whatever but like I'm not the type of person that will rock around in my pajamas like yeah and um my employment support worker saw me and she just knew straight away just by looking at me that I wasn't okay okay and I remember her saying to me afterwards that she said that she wasn't gonna let me leave without me getting the right support oh that's good 
and that's basically what ended up happening like I was there from about half 11 till about 7 p.m oh well yeah but ultimately the crisis team were involved and because I said that I didn't feel safe and that I thought I was either going to harm myself or my sister I ended up getting hospitalized okay um so I was hospitalized for about two weeks um two and a half weeks actually and then um you know like I I had a bit of a difficult time in hospital like I I struggled to begin with was that in Wellowing no that was in Townsend okay yeah so this was in 2018 okay um and then yeah like I um like I was there for two and a half weeks but ultimately I felt better okay but the mistake I made was a few weeks after I left hospital I continued taking my medication blah 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 and then um that was all good but then I decided to go back to work okay and I just don't think I was ready to go back to work like because that was one of the triggers for me initially okay like I just don't think it was the right thing to do for me so ultimately this led to another low episode like a few months later where I ended up quitting the job altogether and um and ended up in crisis but wasn't hospitalized on that occasion and um was sent back home and the crisis team saw me for a couple of days and then I was okay like but then but I wasn't really okay because I ended up getting really really manic because I was like taking my medication intermittently and just like misusing substances again um which not a good combination like when you're on like antipsychotics like it's just not the right thing to do okay at least not for me anyway like I can't speak for other people but it just did not work for me and I just ended up on this mad manic episode and what is manic if you can like so like I wasn't sleeping I was driving recklessly like I was doing really really wrecky stuff which okay. is quite embarrassing but like um but it's it's basically like everything's a lot faster pace like I was talking really fast a lot of the stuff I was saying wasn't making an awful lot of sense okay um yeah like my thoughts were ridiculously fast like I couldn't even keep up with my own thought pattern okay and um yeah it was all just everything was fast paced fast paced fast paced so it was like I felt great and I thought I was really happy yeah then people around me started questioning the things I was doing um and I didn't really think anything of it I just thought well you know I'm only doing x y and z like yeah but it must have been my sister that sort of picked up on it and thought that's not really in your character estimate like okay yeah you might do the odd thing here or there but like that isn't part of your character to be doing that like repeatedly yeah so um she sort of said to me right I think I'm gonna take you to hospital today and I panicked inside because I remember the last time I'd been in hospital I'd struggled a bit even though like I ended up getting better and stuff but I just I panicked inside and then I just thought okay like I'm just gonna go along with this because I don't know what else to do 
So, um, so basically my brother ended up taking me to hospital and, um, I was, I was tripping. Like I didn't notice, I didn't realize until afterwards, but I was actually like quite psychotic. Okay. Um, and that was just really difficult because I was imagining all sorts of things. Like everything was really vivid. Like my hearing was like really vivid. Um, like I was seeing things, what I thought, I thought I was seeing things more clearly, but I was seeing them a lot more elaborately and extravagantly than they actually were in real life, probably. Okay. Um, and I just, um, I just thought I was a singer at the time when I was in A and E and started singing. Um, and by the way, I can't sing for shit. Okay. I, I really cannot <laughs> sing. Like my family can all sing, but I'm the only one in my family that cannot sing. <laughs> like it's embarrassing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I must have been singing like um, just a friend. Um, and is it the Bismarcky song? I, I, feel, I feel like I said that wrong. Anyway, it's really old school, like 80s song. Okay. I was like singing that. And um, I was probably getting into it. And like my like my soul felt so happy, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But then my brother was like, Esmer, be quiet. Like people are here because they're unwell. And I just thought I was like bringing everyone joy and and like making everyone happy. That's what I thought. I genuinely thought I was like doing something good. Yeah. And um and people were smiling at me, but maybe they were smiling at me like, oh poor poor her, like what the fuck's going on with her kind of. Oh uh, yeah. I don't I don't know. Like yeah. But um, so I just sort of took that those smiles as encouragement. Anyway, my brother must have stayed with me like till. I think it was like 6am and yeah. I was seen by the crisis team again um, but I was presenting as like it was very obvious that I was manic like I'd never been manic before I'd been hypomanic but never manic yeah and um, but it was just really really obvious just because of like how fast pace I was talking and the nonsense I was coming out with um, things didn't really make sense the sort of behaviors that I'd shared things that I'd been up to um like a lot of risk-taking behavior happens when you're manic okay so um so basically I was doing like some risky stuff and then um the crisis team sort of said well we think you need to be admitted into hospital and I just thought like really I'm fine like yeah you know like I literally could have been like on a trip like on some sort of acid trip or something I don't know like I've never taken acid before but like just from what I know about it but like I literally felt like things were fine like everything was really vivid like I was very imaginative like I was I felt really connected to the universe like I've never felt that connected to the universe in all my life Um, and um I just sort of thought nah like they're tripping not me like they are and yeah then, like and then I just thought do you know what I'm gonna go along with this for the greater good don't ask yeah. me what the greater good was but I just thought that I was doing the right thing by going along with it and I just kept convincing myself of things that didn't really make sense but okay. I tried to make sense of them and then okay. um yeah so 
um they couldn't get transport like they were really really like understaffed they couldn't get transport they didn't want my brother to take me and then my brother sort of said listen like if you don't get her picked up in the next whatever whatever I'm gonna have no choice but to take her and I'm gonna like drop her there because you've already said that she has a place there so um so you know um basically he was like kind of like trying to make them do what they needed to do or whatever yeah and um ultimately he ended up taking me to the hospital so I went back to Townsend again yeah and I had a really really difficult time like I didn't know this but I'd actually been sectioned I wasn't told initially okay and um and I just wanted to go out for a smoke like that's all I wanted to do but like they just weren't letting me go out and because I was so like tripping out like imagining all sorts of things thinking I was a spy thinking I was a DJ thinking I was this that, and the other like I didn't really like know how to rein it all in and yeah I was just sort of like um like time was just limitless to be honest with you I didn't even notice like how long I hadn't been out like for a smoke for but then I really really wanted to have a smoke at that point and then I sort of said can I go out now and um they sort of turned around and my friends were there at the time my three of my best friends came to see me yeah arranged it this was literally like the day the day slash the day after I was admitted like depending on because I was admitted at like early hours of the morning so okay um but yeah so um and then my friends went up and spoke to them because they said to me oh not yet not yet my friends went up and spoke to them and the door was closed and I remember this so vividly even though like I wasn't like in like mind of like my mind wasn't full of clarity at the time but I remember this so vividly um but basically like they were speaking like one of the nurses was speaking to my friend saying that I'd been sectioned and this made me hit the roof because she was telling my friend and not me Uh... and I just thought how dare she like she's not my next of kin like how dare she like tell my friend that I've been sectioned when she hasn't even told me yet like yeah what the hell that's not cool so I just flipped out started throwing things around shouting running off and like I must have just left my friends like I don't even know what happened to them to be honest with you I don't I don't really remember but like um I just I just like went to my room and just like was wiling out because I just thought this is not cool like I've worked in health and social care and this is not how you do things yeah um and like I thought I I thought I'd made that up like I genuinely thought I'd made that up like art like a long time after I thought no I must have made that up like that couldn't have happened so I asked my friends and they were like no 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 that's exactly what happened like oh yeah we were told before you were told yeah um so so just to clarify um to be sectioned is when you can't go out so when you get sectioned um 
you yeah you, one of the things is you can't go out you can't yeah. leave um your medication may forcefully be administered to you if you refuse to yeah. take it um okay. they're basically the two main things okay um but i was sectioned for like 24 hours or 72 hours i can't really remember and um yeah. and i just thought okay well this is going to be over soon so it's fine but it wasn't over i got sectioned for 28 days ah okay and then they said that i like i remember one of the members of star saying oh they're looking to um take you off section now because you're making a lot of progress but then i must have flipped out about something else i can't really remember what to be honest i flipped out quite a lot at that time um and um i got sectioned for a further six months okay you got sectioned for six months yeah where was that that was in townsend so this whole time um, yeah i was in townsend and um like my section was up to six months i didn't end up being sectioned for that long okay like they took me off it um how long were you sectioned for about two and a half months i think oh okay, okay. so like um so and to be honest with you I wasn't well when I left the hospital like I was still really unwell but because yeah. my experience in hospital wasn't particularly great like I had quite a negative experience in hospital um, yeah. just a couple of things happened in there that just weren't very pleasant um, and I just really struggled with it and um, it just made me physically unwell and that affected my mental health and it was starting to make me depressed even though I went in there because I was manic okay so um so my family sort of put a case together to sort of help me get out of hospital and they felt like they were ready to like like they knew what they could do to help me whereas before they weren't really sure what they could do because because I was acting really wrecky and taking lots of risks and they didn't really know how to like stop me because I'm a grown woman and stuff like that whereas they just thought no like she'll be better at home and we'll keep her safe and we know we know how to keep her safe kind of thing like they had a lot more confidence in um what to do and stuff so I ended up going back home but I was still really unwell and I remember like in the mornings I'd wake up like I was so used to waking up at um like half six seven because of like the time of handover in the hospital um Like, I used to get so anxious the handover because I didn't know what staff members were coming in. Okay. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, no, like, what if it's a member of staff that I don't get on with? Like, not that I didn't get on with any members of staff, but, like, some members of staff, like, I found a bit difficult, like, yeah, a bit more difficult than other members of staff um, or not as understanding or whatever. Um, yeah. And I just, I just get really anxious around that time. So, um, like my body clock had completely reset itself to the times that I'd been going to sleep in hospital, which was around ten, and then um, waking up around half six, seven. Okay. So I was doing that even when I came back home, and even when I came back home, initially I was still under section, but I was on leave, which basically okay. means like you're allowed to go home. Um like for a home visit um but you're still under like the hospital laws kind of thing so like 
Um, so I still wasn't allowed to be by myself anywhere. Like I had to be chaperoned everywhere I went. Um, and that was really tricky. Like I found that really difficult. Yeah, I've never heard of it. So you, so you had to be chaperoned everywhere? Yeah. Like I couldn't, ah. I couldn't be by myself basically. Okay. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's part of the sectioning or that was a condition for me specifically. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah. So basically, like everywhere I went, I had to go with my mum or my auntie or my one of my sisters or something. And I just found that really difficult because, like, I've like you know always been yeah. quite used to doing stuff on my own and stuff yeah um so I found that quite difficult for those two weeks um but then um those two weeks ended and they ended with a result that I was I wouldn't say happy with but I'd say like I was content with like I was satisfied with satisfied yeah. is the right word um because when I was in hospital um they gave me an injection because I'm non-compliant with my medication or I I was at least at the time um so they gave me an injection and I just felt that injection really like reacted with me negatively I don't know if it's because I was like psychotic or if it genuinely did but like it just didn't have the greatest effect on me so I didn't want to take the injection again but part of the condition for me to like be able to be discharged from hospital was that I take the the injection on a monthly basis yeah and I remember having an advocate in the room because like I just didn't feel confident enough to articulate myself um so I had an advocate in the room and everyone in the room including my mum and aunt were saying no no she needs to have the injection she needs to have the injection and I just started crying because I just thought I don't want to have that experience all over again like relive that experience of like because I I just had a really negative experience when I had the injection and I don't I don't know if that is like real or like my imagination manifested it or what I don't know but like it just wasn't a pleasant experience um, the advocate sort of spoke up and said, look, like, it's causing her a lot of distress, like, just the thought of having the injection. So can you not consider an alternative option? Yeah. So they suggested that I take pills instead. And, um, and like, come back to the hospital for, the, for that duration of the two weeks. Um to see how I was getting on and then I was like discharged from the hospital then I was um not I don't know if referred is the right word but basically like the next point of call from like when you get discharged from hospital um when you're sectioned at least I don't know about any other time because that hasn't happened to me in the past but like um is you get seen by the crisis team okay and the crisis team like I was saying a little bit earlier like they were really really helpful like they really helped me to like integrate back into the community and like feel a bit more confident and a bit more oh that's good yeah they were just generally really supportive and I, I, I was seeing them every day for about two or three weeks maybe even a month I can't really remember but they were just yeah. really really helpful and then um and then I was discharged from them and um um 
sent back to my care coordinator who's basically my care coordinator is a social worker but some people's okay. care coordinators um community psychiatric nurse um, okay so and a care coordinator is someone that kind of oversees your progress yeah. in the community yeah. yeah exactly that um and i got um referred back to her and would see her on a regular basis and i still see her on a regular basis to this day because i've had so many ups and downs since i've left hospital i'd say more yeah. downs than ups like i haven't been manic since i've left hospital or anything um but um I've had quite a lot of like difficulty adjusting to my medication. Um, okay. Like I, I've been taking my medication religiously because I just I don't want to risk having to go into hospital again. Um, and I I understand that you know there might be a time where I will need to go into hospital because that's the nature of my illness. Yeah. Um, but. I'm okay with that now whereas before like I was like no 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 must avoid hospital must avoid hospital must avoid hospital like obviously I I would rather avoid hospital but I just get that it's the place that you need to go when you're really unwell if you have to go kind of thing yeah um so yeah so um if that was in January 2019 that I was admitted into hospital and sectioned a couple of times okay Um, and it's literally just been like in the last six weeks I've started to get my personality back I get my confidence back um just kind of like feel a bit more like my old self but just like a different version of my old self okay that's positive definitely definitely is um okay so whoa that's a that's a very um (laughs) very in-depth and it's a yeah (laughs) thank you very much for sharing but um just um following kind of your whole experience um with bipolar if um if someone was to ask you what um what bipolar is how would you define it what have you learned from through your experiences so bipolar like is a mood swing disorder which basically means that you experience lows and highs and then generally speaking quite extreme highs and lows so the lows are like quite like like a form of depression essentially um you know you might feel suicidal you might not um you lose interest in a lot of things that you would normally be interested in um just a sort of typical i don't think typical is the right word really because there's no typical um depression but like just the sort of things that um a lot of people experience when they feel depressed and then the highs um you know you spend quite recklessly sometimes you get into debt and you get yourself into debt um you like take part in risky behaviors so whatever that might look like to you I I don't know what that looks like to other people but for me like um it's like abusing substances and like just doing other things which I'm not that proud of so I'm not gonna mention that but like um but yeah so it can be it can manifest in different ways for different people um but ultimately like your and your moods can swing differently depending on what type of bipolar you have so for some people they might only have one manic episode in their whole life Okay, one yeah. manic episode and the rest are lows 
um, or they might have like lows few and far between or whatever for other people they like um, have ups and downs quite regularly and yeah. then there's um, one type of bipolar called cyclothemia which is like quite intermittent cycling of the moon like between the moods um, okay. which I can imagine must be quite difficult um, so so yeah so it's it's quite intense but yeah it's definitely helped me become the person that I am today so I'm quite grateful for that oh brilliant and and you've um documented mo- a lot of it on your blog um since 2016 yeah. so that's fantastic so anyone that's listening to this can kind of um understand you a bit more by reading the blog um and hearing kind of following your your journey um because it's so well written as well what you've written it's like it's like poetry how you write um yeah so um and I've I've, I picked up a few things from it actually that I wanted to ask you about so um you say uh you said that um you went through four years of a grilling process to kind of know your worth Mm. um so how do you kind of can you kind of elaborate on that if that's all right just to four years of a is this the one that says a four years ago is it that one yeah yeah so that one was um basically like I'd been diagnosed and it wasn't until years later that I sort of accepted like it was after my first hospitalization actually that I sort of accepted that I was important and I was worthy and regardless of whatever label that was pinned on me or that I had or whatever um you know like I was still all the other things that I am um yeah so you know whatever those things are um and I was still you know a competent individual I was still you know high functioning praise the lord yeah. like um so I just sort of would affirm myself about those specific things yeah okay um and so it just took kind of that process to now accept accept who you are basically your your strengths definitely like I'd say like yeah I go through like cycles of like accepting myself and then perhaps rejecting myself a little bit um okay. but um it's usually when I'm depressed that I struggle to accept myself um, okay but when I sort of come out of the other side of it I have a lot of like self-love and like I value myself a lot and um and it's kind of like I have this self-compassion because like I know that I've been through quite difficult times and there is stuff that like I've been through which I'm not really ready to talk about hence why I've not mentioned them in this phone call um yeah yeah but like um but yeah like basically it just it just helps me to grow as an individual and I mean it's really difficult to see it like that when you're right in the depth of a low and you're feeling a type of way and you don't want to be here anymore like it's you're not thinking oh yeah I'm gonna grow from this this is gonna be great like you know I'm gonna move on from this and I'm gonna start to love myself you definitely don't see it like that at all um but through those times I have learnt 
to love myself and oh, that's that positive yeah but I know I, I understand though it's a process as in you there's ups and downs mm-hmm. and as you've said it's like a roller coaster of emotions you go through different transitions um but I, it's positive to know that um that you as you've written um after the four years of the process you've fa- you found your self-worth mm-hmm. which is which is massive so um and you also you mentioned kind of some things throughout your blog that you um mentioned that kind of I would I would I took as kind of coping strategies so I just wanted to share them so um you said that which again is very much poetry how you wrote um that you have a constant I don't that you have a constant love that ricochets around you and it's like soul food Mm -hmm. so is that something that kind of aids you in your recovery to have a a support base is that what you mean just a support base you have like I think it's really important to create a support network like and it's really difficult to do that don't get me wrong like it's not an easy thing like I've like as as a family we've gone through a lot together like forget the other you know the kind of like stuff that all families go through or that you know families just generally go through but like as a family like because of my mental health we've gone through so much together and you know there have been times where I felt really alone and felt like um my family didn't understand and didn't want to be there for me and all the rest of it and I think what it came down to it what it came down to is the fact that they didn't really know how to be there for me so we sort of taught each other what we needed to learn along the way um so it was very much a two-way process and I think yeah it can be really difficult to do that when you're lacking so much energy and you just don't give a shit about anything and you just really can't be bothered to work on something else but it's so necessary in order to help you to get better and to get the support that you need to sort of help those around you know what they can do to help you to get better if that makes sense like you might you might not yeah, have the answers sense. but even if it's just yeah. like you know letting them know how you're feeling or um sort of asking for a hug or you know like it can be a number of different things like for me like um and I feel quite lucky in that there have been times where I felt quite distant from my family but I definitely feel a lot closer to them now which I'm really grateful for oh that's positive yeah that's really good and um okay and also you said that we um if ever another um you you mentioned suicide quite a lot which is um again when you experience the lows but another coping strategy um you said was that when you feel low um and you feel like ending it all then you call call on a friend Mm -hmm. And that is that something that kind of has helped you? Yeah, I have to say, like, my friends are amazing. Like, I'm really lucky to have the friends I have. Um, good, that's and, good. And, um, you know, like, I, I'm quite selective about who I speak to about it. And I, and I don't always call the same friends. Like, um, when I got really depressed in 2018, I called one particular friend and he'd call me every day to make sure I was okay um and I just felt like I could tell her and she sort of said to me well I could kind of tell anyway like you don't really need to tell me that like I I just sort of knew um that you were feeling quite low and suicidal 
um and then on other occasions I might have called a different friend um yeah but more recently like I will tell my care coordinator or my psychiatrist and then they sort of suggest that I tell my mum just because I live with my mum just to like keep me safe essentially um okay so like I think I think there are different um coping strategies and different um safety plans for different people um that you've just kind of need to um work not necessarily on your own but with someone else to sign to kind of figure what those things are that work for you okay and you've you also go on and following it goes it goes on to the next kind of um not question but um you said to be kind to yourself and you give seven example uh give seven kind of um what's the word I'm looking for Stev- seven ways <laughs> of um of being kind to yourself seven methods um is that did you did you um think of those methods or did you so you, you said to plan your morning the night before have a good sleep routine um get started have movement eat well talk it out and pamper yourself so um was that kind of your well, yeah did, did you they were things oh, brilliant. I practiced doing. I mean, I'm sure that none of it's original. So it's not things that, you know, they would have been things that I've picked up along the way from other things I've read or like other things I've experienced or whatever. Um, but like, yeah. they're things that I try and practice doing myself. So I don't, brilliant. I think it's really important if you're like advocating something to do yeah. it yourself. Um, as well as like you know sort of suggest it as a good idea for other people because you know like it I don't know I guess it just for me it just feels right doing it that way yeah okay um and so I just want to um kind of um end this call uh, finish the call by saying um thank you for participating in the call um thank you for um sharing your experiences and advice and anyone who wants to know more about Esma's story please please read um Esma's blog it's amazing and um very insightful and um Esma are, are you happy for people to follow you on social media platforms or would you rather it go through the yeah, blog yeah, or if people if people want to connect and dm me or whatever like follow me that's absolutely fine um, okay and so how would so they follow you on instagram is at esma underscore x um on facebook it's esma e-s-s-m-a beshkoum b-e-c-h-k-o-u-m so yeah brilliant thank you and and just to finish off um what last last of all anyone who is seeking support or advice with um bipolar what advice would you give? I just say don't give up on yourself like um it's it can be it can seem really difficult and it can seem like the help that you need will never come but as long as you continue to persevere and that that's really the hard bit it's not easy to to do that especially when you're experiencing difficulties but as long as you continue to persevere and just keep pushing yourself to seek out the help you need um I'm not talking about pushing yourself to get out of bed or pushing yourself to jump in the shower or, or whatever those things come with time but like just pushing for the help that you need um 
that's one piece of advice I'd definitely give. Oh, and that's a brilliant, brilliant note to end on. Thank you so much, Hesma, oh, for your time. You. you are amazing. Thank you. you too. Take care. Love, love. Bye-bye.